you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why? You know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. It seems these days that everyone just loves footy rumours. And where's the best place to get them? Down at your local pub. And the best local pub is the Yorkshire Hotel. On the corner of Langridge and Punt Road in Abbotsford, it is your one-stop footy shop. And who knows? If you buy the old bloke next to you a beer, he might tell you how 10 or 15 Collingwood players are doing something illegal and they're all going to miss out finals. Because he heard that off his mum's friend's mate, who's a barista at a cafe opposite Amy Park, or something like that. But uh, what is genuine is the Yorkshire Hotel. Great food, great froths. Get on down there and support a great local pub. All right, one bloke who's not spreading rumours about Collingwood is my partner in punting, Big Baz. How are you at this tumultuous time for your club, mate? Oh, I'm just over it. Social media these days is, is unbelievable, isn't it? You can, just, you can post something and if it gets enough traction, it becomes newsworthy for about 10 minutes yep. until the truth comes out and then there's no ramifications. Well, Because yeah, you can't blame, you know, Twitter user at underscore 77AAB65 for posting something. Oh, it's, it's, and you get all these Facebook pages and you know, AFL draft and rumours and trades and all that stuff and they like to throw their two cents in as yeah. well and... It's just, and you wonder why there's that many players out there at the moment with mental health issues. So it's a strange world we live in, and I suppose we're a part of it in a certain way. But um, I like to think I'm not as. We don't go off and saying ridiculous stuff like that. Most of that stuff is either founded in, either kept to the opinions of the on-field stuff, which I think we're all willing participants in. Yeah. And if we ever do go off field and have that stuff, we never we never fire the cannons until we have all of the chickens in a row. You're, so. you're, you're allowed to have opinions. Yes. As we spoke about last week, you yeah. have, to have opinions, might not agree with it, and it might be an opinion about a player or whatever. Yeah. You can't make stuff up. You can't. You shouldn't be able to make stuff up and get away with it, mm. and blatant lies as well. So. You used to call me on my cell phone Day night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Let's get a coach's corner. I've got two big questions for you. We're coming into the last three weeks of the season, and the top four will be playing each other in all different types of matchups. Yep. This is going to be. I just found out this is going to be reflected in your own very own coaching experience. I've got two questions for you as a coach. Do you believe in keeping your cards close to your chest at the end of the season if you're playing a fellow top four combatant? Is my first question. No, because the footy you've been playing all year is what you want to take in the finals, what you've been working on all year. So you don't want to change it two or three weeks out from a final. You, you'll make slight you know, adaptations to, depending on the team you're playing against, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. they like a certain thing or a certain way of playing. You may adapt your style to counteract that sort of thing, but you won't go making big changes. Uh, you generally want to try and settle everything down just, just out from finals. So I wouldn't be keeping my cards close to my chest I'll be playing the footy that you want to make sure you're ready for finals and anyway you know like people talk about playing certain sides of footy you've watched enough finals footy to know that it becomes a lot more contested there's a lot more pressure so generally the stuff you've been playing you know during the season anyway can kind of it kind of counts for nothing sometimes it depends on the weather as well it might be a like a, a yeah. the know, apocalypse sets and then all of a sudden it's just who can scrimmage the ball first exactly and 
you know, uh, one of Hutchie's best sayings, you can have all the plans in the world, but uh, once once the ball goes up, you know, the plan might not go to plan. So you got to be able to adapt and move on and survive. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and the compelling thing for uh, fans in these last three weeks is that the top four is actually alive now. Yeah. So there is a huge... Oh. No, no, as in like... The order of the top four. Oh, the order of the top four is, yeah, yeah. I think the top four. Oh, no, I don't so, think anyone yeah. will break into the top four now, no. but you can't afford, if you're a Richmond, be like, oh, well, even if we lose this game to Brisbane, yeah. or even if we lose this game to West Coast, it doesn't matter because we can just, we know, then we've got one in the bank for finals. Well, no, this is the difference between playing in Brisbane or West Coast in the first week. Yeah, and also, I think... is a huge difference. For me, personally, I think it holds a mental... Edge. Edge. So, like, we're, we're playing the team that's currently fifth on the weekend... Uh, the only team that beaten us this year, and you know they're a chance of making finals still. So, I think they're a dangerous team. We have got to be respectful of them. But I want to go out there and put them away, mm. no matter what the conditions, no matter what. I want to go out there and beat them and beat them well because proves the point. If we get come up against them in two weeks, they're going, "Oh, hang on a minute, they beat us by ten goals three weeks ago," and the coach starts worrying about what he can do that and that sort of thing. So. I think that was one trap I fell into last year is later in the year I, I tried to worry about too much the opposition and change too many things and it probably uh, worked the other way because mm-hmm. we you just need to worry about what you do what you do what you can control and hope they bring that effort and, and the stuff that you can control you can control and yeah the rest of it will look after itself if, as long as the, the players can uh, execute yep speaking of controlling what you can control the second question I have is what's more important at this stage of the year percentage and the possibility of going up the ladder or wrapping your best players in cotton wool three weeks out from finals. When, will, you, will you go hunting a 100-point win or a 80-point win or a 60-point win at, and just let your best players play as many minutes as they, as they want or can? Uh, no, there's a bit of player management, definitely. Uh, even last week, there was a bit of player management happening. Um, this week, I've still got a couple of blokes out, for instance, that you know, if it was a final, they'd be playing, but... Yeah, we've got three weeks for the end of the season. They're, they're going to get rested and make sure they're right uh, for, for later on. But at the same time, you want to play your best team and you want to still want to win. So whether you win by 10, 15 points or you win by you know, 100, you're going to take the W. So you know, last week we beat ninth place team by you know five, six goals. And yeah, it was a win and was, wasn't great to watch, but you know, I was pretty frustrated. But at the end of the day, we still got a win and we're still two games clear on top. And, you know... We want to keep winning. I don't want to lose. I never want to lose. And I think that's the mentality of everyone. Like, you never want to lose. You should be always hungry to win because it's what drives you to play good footy and what drives you to get up and about every week. So, um, you know, there is a there is a problem where, you, you know, you're on top by two games or you're on, like, for maybe Geelong. You know, they're on top by two games. I know they're playing finals. It's five or six weeks to go and... You're playing teams that are below you that you think you should beat, and you, just, you, you struggle for that uh, to stay yeah, up and about. Yeah, the, the motivation and stuff. And I think, you know, I, I, I really do think we've gone through that the last few weeks ourselves in the, in the, at Old Brighton in the 19s. But and you, I reckon that's, as much as I don't rate Geelong, you could all, all probably excuse me a little bit as well, because that's probably a mentality. Like, if you're at halfway through the year, you're two games up. Even with three games to go, you're two games clear at first. You're thinking three, four weeks' time. Yeah. And you shouldn't be, but you are, because you, you want to make sure to, you're yeah. there. You yeah. want to, it's a bit of self preservation. And, you know, other things like selection come into play and all that sort of stuff. So you see that happening, you go, hang on, I should really be up for this. And obviously, coming up against another top four side, you want to you beat them and get up for it. So 
I think it all it's it's a tough time for coaches and players, but I think you always want to win. You play your best side, but if blokes are, aren't a hundred and ten percent, you rest them and make sure they are for future weeks. Yeah, makes sense. And I suppose yeah, most of those I think questions happen either prior to game day or when the result is definitely at a question. Yep. Yeah, you're not really being like you're down by fifteen with twenty to play and Harvick's not gonna be like, all right, bring Dusty off. He's he's been eighty percent game time. Yeah. But if you're up by eighty, then you'd be like, okay, Dusty, yeah, have yeah. a rest. That kind you, of thing. You bring off blokes who yeah. you know are okay, and he goes and go. Right, your last quarter. Yeah. There's fifteen minutes to go. You're done. Yeah. Uh, and they might go. I want to go back on. But you're like, well, what's the benefit? Yeah. Um, His fantasy stats, mate. Yeah. So that's, what, that's benefit is. Yeah, and young people. If 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 there was no way in in the world we you can get knocked off first or knocked off second, mm-hmm. and you knew. This week, and you're playing a top four side. You still want to win, but I don't reckon you'd keep quite, you might rest a few more players, but yeah, you'd still go out winning and playing the footy you want to play. Monday's experts always know what's best, always tell you what you should have done. Monday's experts always know what's cooking, how the game was lost, and how it could have been won. Well, we'll take that into our preview. For round 21, because uh, we're going to need some solid selections here. There's a couple of tricky games this week and a few more uh, sure things that I like, given the upsets we've had this season. I've also made a couple of changes to our uh, punters' parables. And uh, I've demoted Carlton and St Kilda down to Dow, but dependable from in the bubble. I yep. believe the bubble has burst. Three weeks to go. We predicted that. Uh, they both cop losses last week, but they were expected losses. And I have finally... With three rounds to go. You've joined me with Geelong. Sold my Geelong stock. Yeah. They have now been declassified as myth busted. Just to clarify, so uh, Battlers, we've got Gold Coast, so that don't touch them, they're going to lose. Yep. The Untouchables, which are teams that you cannot trust on the punt, uh, Melbourne, Port, Essen, Fremantle, Adelaide and Western Bulldogs, because they're so flip-floppy. Uh, and because we're jaded. Yeah, we are jaded. <laughs> They've burned us a few times, so we put them in there. Yep. Uh, Dow, but dependable, so you know what you're going to get from week in, week out, and put in heaps of effort, and you, you can bank them to either win or make it a close, hard-fought game, that's your Sydney North, Hawthorne, Carlton, St Kilda, uh, Myth Busted at the moment is Geelong, so we, we've given up on them, I've been off them all year anyway, but yep. Gordo's now jumping Under review, so teams we, that were good at the start of the year, but just falling away a bit, and even GWS, you know, they've copped their injury share and injury whack. Yep. Uh, they nearly got done last week by Sydney, but they, they've managed to, to scrape two wins the last two But weeks. they scraped them, so I'm still not convinced. Yeah, and calling it obviously with injury woes, and we played Gold Coast last week. Yeah. And the bank makers, the teams we can trust, and that's West Coast and Richmond and Brisbane. Yeah. And that'll probably continue this week as well. So That's but, why the parables exist. They give it. us the uh, the guiding light to yeah. uh, for the tips, and uh, we'll get into that straight away with our first upset alert. We have to wait until Saturday night. And maybe I'm even pushing this one a bit hard as well. Yep. Saturday, 7.25, Geelong are hosting North Melbourne at Cadinia Park. That would normally be a sure thing, but I just sold all my Geelong stock. So this is now being upgraded to an upset alert. Geelong are $1.32 favourites. North, $3.30 outsiders. The line here is 22 points and the over-under a very dour 146, which could even get more shrunk in if it's going to be the apocalypse that we are expecting. I'm going to tell you right now, Thursday night, Friday morning, get on the unders for pretty much every, every game, game in Melbourne, Adelaide and Sydney. Cause it's be f- Tomorrow night at, at Canberra, it's meant to be ne- one or nil, zero degrees yeah. and a possible chance of snow 
Imagine during, that. During the Hawthorne JWS game, and Hawthorne players are not allowed to wear long sleeve jumpers. It's going to be cold. So just get on now, the unders, because it's going to be shocking weather all weekend. It'll be the same in Geelong. It'll be a contested, sloppy game. But I'm I'm not on the upset alert. I think Geelong will win because they're back at... Doesn't this suit North? It does a bit. The contested Sloppy sort of in the foot. trenches, slow yeah. footy. These two teams are the slowest users of the football, and they love it to, to try and slowly score from defensive half. So... I think the conditions play into Geelong's hands. They've got a lot of smalls that can do a good job. and yep. they get, uh, They'll get Parfit. they get Luke Dowhouse back. And even though he kicked the ball to a... On, and it hit absolute tit on the wagon. hit absolute Port Melbourne tit inside their Ford 50 when he got a centre clearance, had a bounce, and just hit up a Port Melbourne Ford. He must have thought he was playing for Port Melbourne, Quinton Narkle. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the video, but yeah. it was unbelievable. Uh, Quinton Arkell's been called in as well uh, the, the one out is Gary Rowan which is injured but I reckon he's been managed yeah. um, and we've seen a bit of that going on with some teams and I'll, we'll talk about that a bit later as well with, when we get to the Gold Coast game um, yeah I'm, I reckon at, at home in these sort of conditions I'm, I'm backing into long to get enough done uh, I won't be having a punt on the game it's just a steer clear for mine but I, I think that uh, that they're a bit flip-floppy at the moment, Geelong, but at home that you can almost trust them a bit more than if they're playing away. Although, I know some of the stats will probably back up North Melbourne having a chance, but I just think that, um, yeah, in these sort of conditions, this sort of game style, what's, it's depend, a lot depends on it for Geelong as well. Because they lose this week, West Coast will definitely win, so they'll, they'll lose top spot. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, Geelong should win but I'm not confident in Geelong anymore. They're not bankable. They're not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. If it does just piss down, though, this is all pro Geelong. So they are still uh, the highest pressure factor team in the competition. Um, they are still one of the better contested uh, ball teams, and they do score uh, heavily from intercepts and turnovers. And if the ball is going to be an absolute soap cake, then the ball's going to be turned over a lot, and then they get to score off that. So, especially with their smalls up forward and the pressure they apply. It's funny that last week, in the when it got when it got wet, they got found out a bit as well. Mm. So, I reckon they would have gone to work on that, knowing like everyone's known from probably Monday, Tuesday this week that it was going to be wet uh, this Saturday. So, I reckon they would have gone to because Freo just they almost cheated a bit. Freo they didn't get sucked into the contest a lot, and the Geelong players thought they would win the ball and push forward, and they backed on. You know, because of the wet game, mm. wet day, they banked on the ball getting flipped over and then Freo got him the other way. It was actually, uh, there's some footage of Tui, you know, running for the ball because he thought Geelong had won one possession. But they actually hadn't and Freo got it and it was hat kicked forward and Freo about four blokes down there against two or three Geelong blokes because they didn't work, to be fair, they didn't work that hard back either, the Geelong midfield. So that's it's probably something that North Melbourne might, might want to try and take advantage of. But I reckon that film would have been shown to the Geelong boys. They would have copped a, a vintage Chris Codd spray. And I reckon that's why someone like a Scott Selwood and a uh, Jordan... or oh, Jordan Clark got in, uh, injured, sorry. But I reckon that's why someone like a Scott Selwood has been admitted because he might not have ran yeah. back the other way quick enough. So, And that's probably something... Funny enough, I reckon that's some, something that North might have on Geelong is a bit of leg speed. They actually moved the ball quite well last week against Hawthorne North. They actually looked like they had North uh, Hawthorne covered on the outside, which you wouldn't say that a lot about North no. this year. So maybe, but with the wet, sloggy conditions... We're clutching at straws, right. but it's definitely not a, uh, a bankable game at that. And if the, if North dig it up and 330's tasty odds, 
uh, it would not be a surprise in my book. Another upset alert for mine. It could be very contentious. And again, I don't want to say it. I don't like saying it. But I reckon the odds are wrong. Again. So every time we've said that this year... No, no, not every time. We've been, we've, we've been about 50-50 now. Okay. We're back to 50-50. I'm actually with you on this. Sunday, 1-10. St Kilda are $1.57 favourites after they lost to Adelaide, who stink. Uh, Fremantle are $2.35 outsiders. They're at Marvel Stadium. The line here, two goals. The over-under, 165. St Kilda lost to Adelaide, who I repeat stink, by four goals last week. Frio beat the top team. Yep. And they are long outsiders here. St Kilda are getting a lot of supply for though. And they, they actually... The stats say that St Kilda are travelling alright with where, they, where they're coming from. Yep. They just keep butchering the ball inside 50s. So they had more inside 50s than other last week. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of turnovers and a lot of clangers. The same the week before against Melbourne where they should have belted Melbourne off the park. But they just kept butchering the football. I think I spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. There was 57 turnovers yeah. in a quarter between the two sides and the majority of them a were league secured. record yes and that's what that's, that's what hurt that's, they managed to get enough opportunities to score and put Melbourne away they didn't against Adelaide that's what cost them in the end they were always at three or four goals behind even they had more inside 50s more opportunities they just couldn't execute um, as, and you watch Fremantle they were a team possessed in the weekend that effort that intensity that pressure they brought but we've seen it this year a couple of times. They beat Collingwood, they beat GWS, and the next week they fall away because that's why we can't trust them. They're in that boat with Port Adelaide who win one week, lose the next. But I think because the players love Ross and they want Ross back and there's a few players that want to leave the club and go elsewhere at the season's end, and I reckon he's made a little bit of a pack with them saying, look, we'll look after you if you look after us over the next few weeks. I reckon they've got enough through the midfield and enough up forward, especially Monday played up forward last week, barely got a touch in three quarters, mm-hmm. but was a difference in the last. I'm interested to see if they keep him there or not, and I reckon they should, because he's a bit like Steel Sider, and his 10 touches yeah. is worth a lot more than probably 30 in the midfield. Yeah. So I'm, I'm backing Freo just to have too much hardness, too much spread, too much quality around the ground, and blokes like Walters, Hill... Uh, Langdon, those Fife. sorts of guys, Fife, who can hit a target. And Matera had a game of Nillies last week, and I reckon he could explode. And I just don't really see as much of a matchup for Brown and Carlock. I mean, they rested Darcy forward a bit, and they rested Sandlin's forward a bit, but there's not really a matchup for them. There's a lot of smalls around, so I reckon their small fleet and that speed on the outside, they put that pressure on like the against Geelong. Secure already butchered the footy as it is. That could really playing the Fremantle's hands but they're not a very good scoring on turnover team Fremantle so that's no. something that again might not hurt St Kilda as much as we think but I think what they are is they're a team if they have a sniff they get they get more buoyant as the game goes on it's a lie we've seen that so the games that they've, they've knocked off the big teams yep. like at Collingwood if it's alive with like they're not hard workers if they get blown in the water early then they usually are pretty easy to roll over yep. but yeah when the game's alive whereas that's the opposite in the sense for St Kilda is that they've never put teams away early. Even when they even when they had their winning streak and they were scoring 100 points, they were still leaving the door ajar. Yep. So, yeah. I can't trust St Kilda in this. Their stats look great over the last month. They've had a great honeymoon period. I'm sure Brent Radden gets the job at St Kilda as a head coach next year. But, uh, yeah, I won't be tipping them. I'll be tipping Fremantle. I'll be going for the, well. yep. for the value at 235. Yep. Very, very tasty. 
All right, we had a little pre-pod chat, and I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this one now. Our 50-50 pick, another genuine 50-50, Saturday, 7.25. Essen are basically $1.90. Western Bulldogs, $1.90. They're at Marvel Stadium. It's an even line and a 165 over under. And basically, this is a wildcard game, elimination game. The winner will probably sneak into the eight and stay there, and the loser will have no chance of making finals. And you apparently are jumping on the doggies bandwagon after spending about five and a half minutes last week complaining that their re-signed coach didn't get enough of a whack. So what's changed? Why are you now on the doggies bandwagon? Uh, injuries to Essendon and the fact that Essendon, you look up over the last six weeks and the actual stats don't uh, say a lot for Essendon. I know they won five in a row and I said last week, remember I said they'll lose because they've been chasing games because they've been behind a lot and they've been lucky. To get mm-hmm. away with five wins in a row with, and look at all the stats and they're they're falling the, the behind. The stats, the stats stink. They really, really do stink. The problem they had at the start of the year is they turned the ball over and they got scored against heavily. Yep. And there were players that were breaking records, and the the Bombers fans were crying in their weedies about it, saying, "Why pick on our boys?" Well, this is why. Over the last month, the Bombers have conceded fifty four points per game from their turnovers. Yeah. Ranked sixteenth, only Melbourne and the Suns are worse. Yep. That yeah. is not a that is not a top eight side. And they're they're actually even though they've been better in the fourth half, they're still ranked sixteenth from fourth half scores. Mm. So repeat entries, that sort of stuff. They still rely on their back half game, which if you look at their outs, is a big worry for them. So there's no Francis this week, there's no Hartley, no Sard, no Darcy Parrish, no Matt Welfie and Will Snowings out as well. Obviously they get um Heppel back and McKernan back, but really the they're, they're good ins, but they're no... Like, Heppel's carrying an injury. Uh, McKernan will go play ruck, but, you know, I reckon English has got him covered in the ruck, to be fair, because McKernan's a battler and he'll give you a good contest around the ground, but English... is not a ruck, ruck yeah. yeah. Doggies do have Libertore and Caleb Daniel out, but they get uh, Ta- Taylor Duray and Will Hayes back in. You know, Taylor Duray's a, a season footballer and Hayes has shown a bit already. And I think their midfield will be way too strong yeah, way too for Essendon. And I think the way they move the ball and the way that they play with the turnovers from Bombers, the Doggies will kill them and hurt them on the turnover. So as long as the Doggies turn up, and it's the Doggies we see against your Richmonds and your Geelongs and not the Doggies we see against Carlton and Gold Coast, I think Doggies will do a number here on uh, the Bombers. I'm really, really confident I'm all in on the Doggies this week. And I reckon they could do a bit of a touch-up here on the Bombers. I think it'll be a repeat of last week with Port if, if they turn up like that. And I'm, I'm hoping they will. I think they will. Because their season's alive. They can still make finals. And I think Essendon are just about shot. So all right. I'm all in on the doggies. Sounds like you're about to spend some cash. And I will just remind listeners that they are indeed one of our untouchables. So uh, if Baz is about to put some cash on it, we'll find out in the feature section. Maybe just let him do that himself because uh, we are breaking one of the punter's parables there. All right, we've got six sure things. As uh, when we have this many sure things, I always ask you why uh, I should go for the opposite. And we'll start with tomorrow night. GDS, $1.31 favourites against Hawthorne. $3.35 outsiders. They're playing at Canberra Oval. The line here is 20 points. The over-under is 142. We might struggle to see 42 points given it's going to snow, apparently. Uh, why should we be looking at Hawthorne and not the Giants? Because the Giants... Uh, they, they beat Collingwood convincingly, yes. Uh, they just beat Sydney. 
They just beat Port Adelaide. They're not going that well, but they're grinding out wins. Mm-hmm. And we saw what happened last time they played Hawthorne. Hawthorne were able to take away their kicking game, held them up. They weren't able to score, and Hawthorne were able to counter and, and score really well for, against the turnovers. And, and when they went long down the line, they either pick it off and, and go again. I don't think the conditions allow in the set marking, but again, this is all based on what we're you know, relying on Bomb and the weatherman. Yeah. And they've been wrong plenty of times. Uh, I can guarantee it will not be uh, a, a very nice temperate evening, though, in, in Canberra. Oh, no, it's going to be freezing. Friday night in Canberra yeah. is just stock standard zero degrees. The only thing that worries me a bit is that, obviously, Grant Birchall's injury, he hurt himself last week. Ben McAvoy is out, and Connor Nash is out. So, And then James Cousins, Segler, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, Chankua Giath. He's making his debut... Uh, Giants get some big ins. They get Kennedy and Cameron back. Uh, Dawson Simpson comes in to help Shane Mumford. So it'll be a bit like what they did to Collingwood. Uh, Finlayson's injured and Connor Ogden is omitted after his debut. Um, I, I can't... I, the only thing, like I said, is the history with Hawthorne and GWS. We saw it at the MCG. That's the only thing I can think of that has, gives Hawthorne a chance is the fact that Clarko comes up with some. Clarko... Trade, yeah. Yep. Like he did the first quarter last week, they were all over North, but then they fell away. And I think that their their season's obviously shot. They're going to fall away a bit more. They'll beat Gold Coast next week, but I can't see them beating GWS. And uh, I think GWS will win pretty comfortably in the end. And they obviously uh, they get some. Like I said, they get Cameron back, so it's a big in for them. So I, I just yeah. I think even in a slot. This actually would suit the Giants more than the Hawks. They've got better ball users, they've got silkier players, they've just yeah. got more star power. And as everyone keeps telling us now, the new cliche isn't that uh, the slot brings the game into uh, into parity, it actually is, it shows how good the good players are. Yeah. And uh, that would be the case. So tip the Giants, obvious tip there. Saturday, 1.45, Melbourne at $2.75 outsiders to Collingwood. Her dollar forty four favorites the MCG. The line here is only thirteen and a half. The over under another poultry one forty five. Uh, so obviously no one thinks this will be another uh, percentage boosting team, even though we know that Melbourne stinks. Yeah, it's gonna be wet and yuck. Yeah, uh, and you can't trust Collingwood. So I would not be surprised at all if Melbourne. Beats. You are just being a pessimist now. No, no. Oh, seriously, there's Melbourne will win a game before the season's out. I reckon it could be this week. We're perfect pickings. We've got that many injuries, it's not funny. Um, we're bringing in Jack Madston for Mason Cox, so I'd love to know where the thinking is there, where we bring, we've lost a forward, but we're bringing in a defender. So unless Madston's in a lined up at, um, at full forward, I, I, I don't know what the go is there. Uh, Seven Maybachs for, for Melbourne. The only thing we can get them on is obviously it's going to be a wet day. We've got plenty of leg speed up front. We're still side bottom. Hosting Elliott, Elliot, Brown, Varco. Uh, hopefully they can get involved. But yeah, I just I worry about our back line as well because we've got Schoenberg who isn't very, very quick. We've got Jordan Ruffhead who isn't overly quick. And they've also lined up pretty small. So yeah, it's it's an interesting game. Obviously a wet, wet day. Um, it will not be an interesting game, Baz. The facts don't lie. The Demons are ranked last in inside 50 efficiency. They're ranked last in retention for inside 50s. They're ranked last 
for uh, scoring in most quarters. And they're also ranked last in all their defensive stats as well. So they're ranked uh, last in defensive one-on-ones. They're ranked last on defensive half turnovers from um, and points conceded from those. They will give you the ball. You will win the one-on-ones. And they will go forward and turn the ball over in your, in your defensive 50. You will rebound and you will score. And you will have another comfortable win to hopefully keep your top four chances alive. Do, do you look into what Hardwick said after the game? Was it... It was one of the most uh, least pressured games he'd played in. Mm. He'd coached. Now we'll put no pressure on anyone. Do you look into that and maybe think that Goodwin might apply that to the boys and they're, let me fire it up and have a crack this week? No, because they haven't been fired up and have a crack all year. Well, they did against West Coast the other week. Yeah, a bit of a crack. No, I, I reckon they're a chance. I'm tipping Collingwood, but I reckon they're a sneaky chance. You are an absolute it'll be, it'll be It'll be one of the games this week that cost me my nine. Not at all. No chance whatsoever. Saturday, 2.10, Port Adelaide are $1.39 favourites to Sydney at $2.95. They're at the Adelaide Oval. The line here is three goals. The over-under, one forty-six. Uh, what did Port do last week, Baz? Uh, they flogged the Bombers in so, one, of my, one of my good bets. They should probably lose. Oh, that's, that's what I was actually thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they're up. They're due, they're due for a loss because they don't win two in a row very often, especially after a big win against a side that was in form, apparently in form, if you listen to the media. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, the media is blaming injuries for their form drop. But, but of course. But, yeah. but rules for some, rules for others. If you're calling it, that's not an excuse. But if you're asking it is because it depends who you're friends with in the media. Uh, Shouts to Lloydie. Um, they get Dan Rampy back, which is good. And they, that James Bell... He's a debutante, which I don't know if you saw on social media, is him calling his mum, which is a fantastic story. He comes off Category B rookie list. Uh, I guess to play his first game, it's a really good, really good uh, thing. And it's, it shows the human side of the footballers that mm. a lot of us don't see. And you know, we had Adam Trelaw talk about mental health and stuff like that and how he anxious he feels. Obviously, heard uh, Murphy and, and Rewalt talk about it as well last night on the AFL 360, or is it not for... I think it's Tuesday night they're on, but... When it wasn't, you see that, you see how human players actually are and how much it means to their families, obviously how many, how much sacrifice they've mm. made and stuff like that. So good on him and good on to Sydney for showing us that. Uh, I'm tipping Port because I'm backing him in to win two in a row. You kind of just have to, like based on, like Sydney have had a pretty average season by their lofty standards as a club and they've kind of been very open about it. They're going, we're doing, are we having a rebuild? Essentially what they've said and uh, that's what they're doing. It's not going to score any points. That's their problem. Where are the points that come from? They got up and about last week for the, for the uh, Battle of the Bridge, or whatever yeah. they call it. They got up and about for that. And they battled they, hard. They contested really hard. In a hard. low scoring slot. Yeah, and now they're coming up against the... what the Giants should have played like. Yep. Fast scoring freaks. Obviously, the weather will play a big part in this game. But again, Port have played in a couple of wet weather games recently. They should be prime for it the young players that's why they're having their, their dips and troughs is because of the young players at Port who are very 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 talented but I'm backing them in to win two in a row uh, there's been no change to their team as well so they've been settled for the first time in a, a long time at Port well actually they, as much as everyone complains about their injury lists Port Adelaide have only had three players play every game so far this season the second fewest of any side yeah but that's because I mean they obviously have had injuries to some players but Hinkley's dropped a fair few of them as well. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. You I'm just saying that this is a, this is a very uh, rare occasion of yeah. consistency. So I'm, I'm, back, I'm backing in Port to get the job done here. Yep, fair enough. I'll be doing the same. All right, Saturday, 4.35. Probably a game you can skip. 
Uh, Brisbane are a $1.05 favourites. This is probably the shortest line we've seen all year. Gold Coast, $9.50 outsiders at the Gabatoire. The line here is 52 points. The over-under, 176. So, obviously, with the Crossley mm-hmm. issue with uh, a band... So, so, I don't even remember, but it was about six weeks ago I mentioned on the pod, why hasn't he played yet? Because I actually think he's an exciting talent. He's very hard. He's a bit... Um, but not quite there with his with his approach to the ball. He's a bit hard at it and a, a bit, of a, bit, bit of an angry bit, man. Bit, not, he might be a bit not there in his approach to life, it seems. But yeah. Uh, well, he's he's came out and, and flatly denied it. So absolutely, he said there's no chance it's happened. He's gonna do everything he can to sort it out. Which I did read. Um, I don't I'm, know how he quite you explain uh, failing a cocaine test on match day, but sure. The, yeah. the thing was he, about four or five weeks ago, he was placed on the. Injury list for personal leave. Mm-hmm. He's been training at the club still, uh, very minimal, but still training at the club. And then obviously it broke today why this has all happened. So the Gold Coast did their best to keep it under under wraps. They couldn't quite keep it under wraps until they got everything out and open like Collingwood did with uh, Murray. Um, but it's funny enough that you know Murray's beat. We talked about this last week as well. I think with Murray's B sample still on ongoing, well, mm-hmm. poor Crossley might have to wait a while if. Murray's anything to go by, but uh, also Wada and Asada having a meeting now apparently to change the the how much so how much is in your system mm-hmm. could depend on your ban because yep. yeah uh, obviously if there's nothing in your system but the little trace they pick up that might have been from Monday and you got tested on the Sunday they might only ban you for three months yeah uh, as if they find a full heap of it in your body on the game day yeah then you're gonna get it the four years so. It'll be interesting to see where that, where that lands him, but um, back to the game. I'll be very, very surprised if Zorko plays. He's been named, and they reckon he trained well and he's going to play. He won't play. But why would you risk a player like Zorko? Because who's you so play important. your best team. You just said this in our, in our, our top of the if segment. If you're playing a top force, if you're playing the bottom team... Yeah, but I also said that I've got players missing through injury that if it was... A yeah, yeah, yeah. Game, if it's a final, they'll be playing, but, but it's mate, not. But yeah. it's not, so they're missing. And Zorko is... The most important player of that team, 100%. I reckon, apart from probably Charlie Cameron. Mm. So he, I'll be baffled if he plays. Brisbane will win. I don't know if they'll cover the line or not because you know generally these games are a bit tighter. There's a history of you know pretty tight games. So Brisbane win, and that's all I need to say. And I've had my little talk about the drugs thing. Yep, fair enough too. Uh, yeah, if you were really bored on a Saturday afternoon, you'd probably have a nibble at the uh, at the line because fifty two is ridiculous. Like no one's ever. A, a sure thing at 52 and a half, so a bit silly. Uh, speaking of a bit silly, Sunday 3.20, Richmond are a fourteen favourites against Carlton, who are $5.50 outsiders. The line here is 32 points, the over-under, 155. The Tiger train is almost out of control. Can Patrick Cripps and Co. stop it? Well, some interesting ins or inclusions on the extended bench for Richmond. City Stack, Tobin Nankervis, Jack Ross, who obviously showed a lot before he got injured. McIntosh, and then the big one. The big X factor that Richmond could add to their final side yep. It has me absolutely excited. Marlon Pickett. If he, I'm, I'm not kidding you. He could be... He, he, adding him to your side... I'm very, I'm very confused about the whole tonality of you right now. Why? Well, you're being excited about Richmond, which is, which is deeply confusing Mate, and almost concerning. I'm about to ring the doctor, I think. Go... 
go catch up on the Marlon Pickett story. It's it's yep. fantastic. He's a bloody good footballer. Oh, I know this. It's he just showed that it, he you showed know that he plays his, for Richmond. He showed it in his VFL games. I'm more for about the story, mate. And he okay. can, he seriously adds another 10, 20% to your side if he plays and plays to his ability. So I'm looking, hoping he plays because I will actually get home Sunday in time to watch this as I probably nurse a hang, hangover from uh, my Saturday activities. But it's a big ins also for Carlton with uh, G- Cruiser, Gartlett, uh, Dale Thomas, Mitch McGovern, and Liam Jones. So four of those ins are pretty big. Um, they helped their team out a lot. We saw how competitive they were last week. I'm tipping Richmond's. But I like the look of the line. Thirty-two and a half is a big line. I Huge know, line. I know Especially if there's... And it's rejuvenated Carlton. This is a Carlton that can now kick 80 points yep. basically any week. So the only th- I think the reason why that line's so big is because everyone knows it's going to be wet and woolly. You know, and, you, mm-hmm. and you guys play wet weather football so much better than anyone Well, as we else. saw in the Collingwood game, as soon as it got even like a little bit a little bit dewy, yep. it was just neck-level tiger train. Yeah. Off the rails, so. But I think that the line is very, very friendly to uh, Richmond. I, I, I would, I probably would have a nibble at that if, even a little tenor on Carlton. But for me, I think tip Richmond and just watch the game. It should be a good game. And I hope Marlon Pickett plays. Love to hear you say nice things about Richmond. It really confuses me, but it makes me feel nice at the same time. That's good. And uh, we round out the weekend with what I think could be the biggest blowout of the week. I'm actually with you on this, yeah. West Coast are hosting Adelaide. West Coast are $1.22 favourites. Adelaide, $4.50 outsiders. They're at Optus Stadium. The line here is a very slender, in my opinion. Four goals, the over-under, 167. West Coast are hitting their straps. They are now ranked number one over the last month over basically every important inside 50 and forward uh, stat. Well, it's just, they've got an unbelievable... They are just... Launching on all cylinders, yeah. unloading on all barrels, and uh, guess what? Adelaide stink. Yep. They stink. They and beat St Kilda last week. I don't care. Well, Jamie Cripps and Hutchings are on the extended bench mm-hmm. as well. There's still no one to be admitted. And West Coast have now, oh, sorry, Adelaide have now named Jacobs, Hugh Greenwood, Paul Seisman, and uh, Chase Jones. So Adelaide uh, still shit. Uh, and West Coast won't be happy with how the game ended last week. And I think West Coast is just rolling on all four cylinders and they're ready to keep going. And I reckon this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. And I don't see how Adelaide can stop it because West Coast have them in speed, they have them in midfield, they have them in speed on the outside. Their four line is dynamic, they don't have the matchups for their four line. And their Adelaide's four line themselves are struggling to kick scores. They try and make it tight. And, but uh, West Coast... Uh, backline is unbelievable so I can't see them scoring I, I'd almost be under 60 points for Adelaide for the game mm. and the only reason I'll score over 60 is because West Coast go oh, we're going to beat you by 150 and they concede in attacking so much yeah Adelaide play slow conservative boring footy they will eventually turn the ball over they're usually pretty good in the disposal efficiency stakes but they will eventually turn it over West Coast will counter they're terrible on one-on-one contests in their forward 50 they're last in the league Adelaide they will cough up the ball because the likes of their elite backmen will just come over the top. Adelaide also ranked last for goal accuracy. So even if they do get inside 50, they're not going to make it count on the scoreboard. West Coast is an absolute number, and it's definitely going to be one of my uh, tips of the week. Double your money and make a stack. Everyone's favourite segment of the podcast, Money Making Time, our feature bets for round 21. 
Lead us off, Baz, with your best bets of the week. My two best, uh, the doggies head-to-head, uh, currently dollar eighty five. Might come in a bit over the next few days, depending on injuries to Essendon. And uh, West Coast at 25 and a half. I reckon they'll absolutely flog the Crows. See, I'll raise you 25 and a half, and I'll give you a 40-plus on my value bet of the week to beat the Crows. That's paying $2.70. Uh, my value is Freeman at 248 And then I've got a roughie. So, sports bet. Have Bonten Pally 25-plus disposals, seven-plus clearances, and one goal at six bucks. I reckon that's pretty good money because I reckon he's going to have a field day against the midfielder that is Essendon. That is... Pretty good call by there, I reckon you're there. And six bucks is great value. The other thing that's great value is, of course, Yorkshire Hotel, our proud sponsors. Get on down and support them. And if you have a uh, pick or a tip that we haven't mentioned tonight, hit us up on our socials. That's at SC underscore mag underscore Oz. And on our Facebook page, uh, which is Sporting Chance Magazine. And until next week, good luck with your tips. Stay safe in this weather, mate. Come on!